19th Nervous Breakdown. So who's that by? Yeah, Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones. So this is uh, easy. Everybody should get that right if you've been here for a few weeks. So I was thinking about 19th Nervous Breakdown. Uh, I was talking to my mom, and I thought, yeah, she had way more than that with us, with me and my brother. We were a handful. So um, anyway, sorry, Mom. <laughs> you know, life is uh, full of family struggles. There are relational difficulties, uh, work challenges, health battles. And then, and then you throw in some political tension, a shifting culture. And, and just in case you need a little bit more to push you to the edge, to stress you out, create a little anxiety, add a pandemic and watch out. I mean, here it comes. Here it comes. 19th nervous breakdown. You know, the uh, APA, uh, American uh, Psychology Association, they recently did a study on stress. And it was quite startling because what they found out was that nearly 8 out of 10 adults say the pandemic has created significant amount of stress in their life. They said that 80% of people that are employed, who they say that their work is creating great amount of, of stress in their life at this point. Seven out of 10 parents say family responsibilities, if they've ramped up in the past year and a half, are causing a lot of stress. And two out of three adults say that political issues are causing substantial stress in their life. And among Gen X and millennials, that percentile is actually significantly higher, if you can believe that. 77% of adults say that stress is affecting them physically and emotionally. And the most common effects are stress and tension in the body, difficulty sleeping, anger issues, mood swings. And unfortunately, as I read the study, things are not getting better. They're actually getting worse. See, here it comes. I'm going to guess a breakdown. You know, we're continuing this series, Still Rolling Stones. And in the midst of life, in the midst of the challenges and the difficulties, I've said God is near. God is close to us. That with God, we can face the difficulties. With, with God, we can face the pressures, the stress, the loneliness that exists in life. With God, it's possible to escape the insanity of this world. And with God, that which we think is impossible is actually possible. You know, with God, there's hope, there's grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. Thank goodness for those things. And with God, we can deal with the challenges. You don't have to break down. I, I believe with God, life is better. It's always better with God. And today what I want to talk about is dealing with the pressures of this life and the struggles. You know, there, there are lots of pressures. You know, in fact, putting together a message about pressure creates pressure. You know, you might want to take notes. No pressure for you, but you might want to. But before we jump in, I, I kind of want to clarify some things because I, I believe there are two kinds of pressure in life. There, there is what I would call good pressure and bad pressure. Good pressure 
and this is for the sake of our discussion, all right? I believe good pressure moves you toward God. It moves you toward other people. In other words, good pressure will create community in your life. Good pressure should inspire you. It should make you productive in life. It will help you make a difference in this world, and it will help you be the very best you can be. Bad pressure pushes you away from God. You begin to distance yourself from God, from other people. In fact, bad pressure destroys community in your life. It tries to reduce your productivity, and it gets you to focus on things that are temporal, things that are superficial. And so how do you identify bad pressure? How do you identify that negative pressure? The fact is that uh, you might answer this for yourself, not out loud, but yes and no. Not yes, but, or no, but, yes or no. These are simple questions. Are you always in a hurry? Yes or no? You know, is is your to-do list, anybody got a to-do list that's unrealistic in reality? It's, It's too long. Do you ever feel guilty when you relax, you know, and kick back a little bit in your life? You know, does, does that kick in and like, oh, I can't, just can't do that? Has more than one person ever told you you ought to slow down? Do you ever have to just get sick to slow down? Any of you stuck there? Do you feel like if you add one more thing to your schedule, that you're going to go insane? Or, flip it around, do you feel like if one more thing goes wrong, you'll break? And here's, here's the thing. If you said yes to more than one of those, I can tell you something about your life. The fact is, I, I can tell you that you are experiencing high levels of stress, that the pressure in your life is actually increasing instead of decreasing, and that you're not living the kind of life that God intended and designed you for. The fact is, we all deal with pressure. But most of the pressure, notice I said most, not all, but most of the pressure that exists in your life is self-inflicted. You, you can choose to take on more and more and more, and many do these days, but it creates anxiety. It creates stress. It creates pressure in your life. And so how do you, how do you avoid the breakdown? How do you lessen the pressure? Anybody interested in that? You've got to stop and begin to look around and do some assessing and first of all, you've got to realize your worth as God's creation. You see, part of the reason I think we take on more and more and we get so stressed out is we take on too much. You know, we, we pile it on because we confuse work, doing things, with worth. And the fact is, some of you think if you can achieve a lot, if you can do a lot, if you can take on a lot of stuff, that it validates your worth as a person. 
you confuse what you do with who you are and who God created you to be. It is an issue, and I've seen it over and over, especially in this country. It's something people battle with. You know, as Americans, we primarily get our identity from what we do in life. I've always said, after you learn someone's name, that's the first thing when you meet someone new, the next thing that is always asked, almost always, is what do you do? What do you do? We, we think what we do is where we get our worth. And that's why we ask it. And I want to tell you the Bible does not teach that. The, the Bible is very clear that your worth is not tethered to what you do or how well you do it. And, you know, some of you have grown up and you've heard that little phrase in your head, you know, you're nobody. You know, maybe, maybe you heard it from a parent or a teacher, maybe a sibling or a coach. Uh, unfortunately, you may have heard it from a pastor. That voice echoes in our head. You're never going to amount to much. And so it plays over and over. And friends, you show me someone that has operated under the pressure of that voice. And it is not a seasonal thing. It becomes a life. You know, I'll show them. I'll prove my worth by my accomplishments, by my achievements, by the things I do, by the things I juggle in, in my life, all this stuff. And, and let me clue you in on something here. You will never accomplish enough to feel satisfied. If you're on that track, you will find as you take more and more on, as you load your life up, what happens is your satisfaction actually will decrease in your life. And you only succeed in creating more stress and more, more pressure. I mean, it's insane when you think about it. In fact, I would challenge you to stop and look. You know it's not working, don't you? You know it. It's in your head. I got to prove my worth. Quit listening to the voice in your head. Quit. And start listening to God. You know, James, James writes this in James 1, 16. He says, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his what? Prized possession. God says you matter more than anything in this creation. You do not have to prove your worth. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. God created you on purpose, for purpose. God loves you so much. I mean, he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. And friends, when you understand that, when you understand there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more or less, when you understand that God's love is not based on your performance, Guess what happens in your life? The pressure is lessened. I mean, when you understand all that, it changes how you live your life. You know, when life's difficult, when you're facing uncertainty or, or loss in your life, when that pressure's building, you see, focus not on the pressure, 
That's what we tend to do. But focus on what you have in your life already. Learn to enjoy what you already have that, that God, God has allowed you to, to experience. And to, they're gifts from God. You know, Ecclesiastes says people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. For these are gifts from God. Friends, I believe we can get so caught up in the demands of life we can get so caught up in what we're going to get next or what we're going to do next that we don't even enjoy what we have right now. We don't enjoy life at its fullest. You can get so caught up trying to get more and do more that, that you get overextended in your life. Anybody overextended? You know, you're overextended with your time, with your energy, with your finances, and it robs you, and parents, listen up, please, listen up. If you're not careful, you will spend your time chasing stuff, making payments, doing, doing all this stuff, while your family relationships deteriorate, if you're not careful. It is not what God intended for us. I, I, I am often reminded, it's a gift really, as I look at, look at it, when I spend time with someone that's dying or the wheels have been totally kicked out from under them, and I'm reminded of what's really important, I, because I'll be with someone in their last days, and I've never had anyone that's been on their deathbed that has said to me, you know, Damon, wish I'd have made more money. Wish I'd have spent more hours at the office. I have never, in all my years, never had anybody even go into that territory. But friends, I've had many people that they begin a litany of, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids, my spouse. I wish I'd have made time for God in my life. Now, I do not want to be misquoted here or misunderstood. Having nice things it's great that's fine again those are things for you to enjoy they're gifts from god but reality check here ask yourself am i enjoying what i have right now are you enjoying it or are you more worried about what you're going to get or when you're going to do the next thing I mean, are things or people more important to you? Be honest with yourself. You've got to be really careful here because you may be saying one thing and actually living another one in your life. You want to keep your sanity? You want to reduce the pressure in your life? Enjoy what you have. It's a, it is a gift from God, but you've got to enjoy what you have. Don't always be living for the next thing. And this kind of segues into the next piece. If you want to reduce the stress in your life, you better stop, look around, and get your priorities straight. You know, when your priorities are unclear, if you just chase what you chase for, and you don't even think about it, pressure builds you know i think that's why i was reflecting on this past year i think that's why so many people are struggling 
because uh, we've had our lives kind of put on pause, haven't we? You know, the schedules, schedules have been disrupted. And so people are dealing with this uncertainty out there, and people are frustrated. And what I think, this is my opinion here, but I, I think what has happened is the emptiness is kind of bubbling to the top. Again, just my perspective. You've been given an opportunity in your life. I believe it's a God-given opportunity to reassess things, to retool your life. You know, as you're plugging back in, as things are starting to loosen up and people are beginning to get back to whatever, whatever normal is, you get the opportunity to decide what you want to accomplish with your one and only life that God's given you. See, Jesus understood the importance of understanding what life's about. He said this, he says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent here for this purpose. See, Jesus understood his purpose in life, and he had several of them. But he understood. Jesus knew what he wanted to accomplish with his life. Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you want to accomplish? Or are you just busy all the time? You know, beware, beware, be very, very careful here of the barrenness of busyness. You know, activity does not create productivity. It doesn't. Think about it this way. What do you want said about you when you die? That will clarify things for you. You know, through, through my years of ministry, I, I've learned a few things. I've learned God loves me no matter what. When I fail, he still loves me. But I've also learned everybody has a wonderful plan for my life. I've learned it's easier to fill my schedule than to actually fulfill it. And one of the things that has helped me significantly in my life, both personally and as a leader, is when I determined what God's design was for me. It clarified things for me. You know, when my plan and God's plan, okay, and this is important, when those sync up, priorities crystallize they become very easy to make decisions most of the time you know i've said god's called me to be a faithful follower of jesus christ he's called me to be a good husband father grandfather and he's called me to be the best pastor i can of faith fellowship period now i have other things but those are very, very clear that God called me to. You know, when I, when I get those priorities straight, when, when I use my time and my energies in those areas, it, it really simplifies things because I go, oh, yeah, that's what I need to do, or no, I don't need to do that. But when I step outside of that and I try to do a bunch of other things, well, I find that the pace gets a little crazy. I find my, my level of stress begins to spike or elevate. I find the things that I say are my priorities 
begin to suffer greatly. You know, when I talk to people whose lives are in a shamble, they come in and go, man, I am just, I've hit the wall, and this is what's going on. What I find is they're stressed out, and usually, not always, but usually their priorities are way out of whack. What are your priorities? Do you know? I'll help you with the first three, because I believe these are for all of us. God should be first. If you don't get that right, you're in trouble. Your spouse should be next. Your kids. And then you're going to have to figure it out after that. You know, Jesus said, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Not sure what your priorities are? Well, you better stop, look around, and ask yourself, where are you spending your time? Where are you applying your talents? Where are your treasures? As you look at life moving ahead, what's going to get your time? What's going to get your attention? What's going to get your energy? Because you only have so much of it. See, what is important? What do you want to accomplish with your one and only life? And you only get one of them. Friends, when you determine that, you will find the pace will slow. The pressure will reduce. Your life will be richer. It's that abundant life that Jesus Christ promised us. So anyone tired? Anybody stressed? Anybody ready to break inside? You know, Jesus says, come to me, all of you that are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your soul. Jesus offers rest. He offers an escape from the weariness of life, the stress of life, the pressure of life. And when I was reading that this week, two things just hit me. One, you've got to give up control in your life. When I read that, I was like, I got to give up control. And I know this is a tough one. It's one of the reasons why some of you are overloaded is because you're trying to do too much. You're trying to control too much, too many things. You're acting like it all depends on you. you know, and I know right now some of you are pushing back. You go, yeah, but I've got to hold it all together. I'm the only one that's going to be able to do this. You know, you've got that kind of if it is to be, it's up to me mentality in your life. Everybody knows it's my universe. I got to be in control of it. Friends, the more you think you need to control things, the more pressure you will experience in your life. You know why? Control and pressure move together. The more control, the more pressure. The less control, the less pressure in life. Now, some of you need to grip your seats right now because I'm going to crush some egos. So go ahead. If you need to grip, just grip. If you let go of everything, everything right now that you're, you're in control of, you think, if you let go of it, 
guess what? The world will not fall apart. It won't. In fact, if you would just test it, if you were to give up control of a few things in your life, just a couple of them, you will realize you have a lot less control than you thought you did. Here's the second thing that that hit me when I was reading this verse. And the fact is, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. It's an invitation by Jesus to get rid of some of the weariness and the weight. But I think the invitation is kind of lost on our modern society. You know, when I was uh, growing up, my uh, parents uh, had a lot of antiques. And out on our front porch, we had a uh, oak collar, uh, an oxen yoke out there. And that yoke was used to hook up a couple animals, you know, horses or donkeys or oxen or whatever, and so that they would work together. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, wait, wait, wait a minute. That does not sound like stress reduction, getting yoked up, you know. That just sounds awful. In fact, some of you are thinking, why, why would I yoke myself to Jesus? I already got too much to carry. It's heavy. Friends, the purpose of the yoke is to lighten the load. It benefits the wearer of the yoke. You know, instead of uh, harnessing one ox or one horse, you've now got two. The load is lightened. That's why Jesus later would say, for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. The fact is it will lessen things in your life. It reduces the pressure when you yoke to Jesus. Some of you need to share that yoke. You know, when when you do that, Jesus will take some of the weight off of you because you're in partnership with him. You know, the psalmist writes this, says, pile your trouble on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load. He'll help you out. I like the way that's worded. You know, if you, if you feel overloaded, if you feel like you're stressed out, you better stop, look around, and see if you're yoked to Jesus Christ. You know, some of you are thinking, well, I'm saved. That's not what I'm talking about. You can be saved and stressed out. In fact, some of you would go, oh, yeah, that's me. If you're yoked to Jesus Christ, it means you give up control to Jesus Christ and to God. Every time you get detached from God, every time you distance from Jesus, you will start thinking, it's all up to me. And it will mess you up and take you out. Stress, anxiety, pressure are the result of distancing yourself and unyoking yourself from Jesus Christ. You know, that's why Paul writes, he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When you're yoked to Jesus Christ, it is impossible to go in a different direction. It's impossible to go the wrong direction. 
It's impossible to go faster or slower than Jesus. If, you, if you're yoked, you're connected, and Jesus begins to work in your life to help you go the right direction, to move at the right pace. Why? Because you've given up control. But you've got to give up control. You've got to decide, do you trust God, do you trust Jesus, or, or not? That's a hard one. The reality is, that's what you're talking about, though. You know, Paul writes this in uh, Romans. I like the message. Uh, this is the message translation, but I like the way it's worded. What we have learned is this. All right, I'm paying attention. God does not respond to what we do. We respond to what God does. We've finally figured it out. Our lives get in step with God and all others by letting him set the pace, not by proudly or anxiously trying to run the parade. You better stop and you better look around. Look around at your life. And here's the question. This is an uncomfortable one in some ways. Who's running your parade? Who's running your life? Who's in control of your life? Who or what are you yoked to? Because you are yoked to something, whether you think you are or not. Some of you are yoked to your career, and it has become your master. And so everything revolves around the job. Some of you are yoked to your parents, And so subconsciously, in your mind, you're still trying to please them. You know, some of you are yoked to the peer pressure that's out there. And so everything you do is about getting ahead, staying up with them. You know, some of you are yoked to the desire to acquire, and it's more and more and more, and I want more, and I want this, and I want that. And so you're always hungering for the next thing. Some of you are yoked to status, pleasure, power. The fact is, make no mistake about it, you are yoked to something. And here's the truth. And some of you, you're going to hit you. Most are yoked to more than one thing. In fact, you're yoked to a bunch of things. And it's insane. Think about that. You're yoked and you're yoked, and so this yoke goes that way and this yoke goes that way, and what happens to you? In fact, some of you, you'd go, yeah, that's how my weeks go. I feel pulled. Anybody feel pulled in about 20 directions? Those are yokes. See, here it comes. Here it comes. You're heading for a breakdown. You're heading for a breakdown. You're all yoked up. And things are heavy. And friends, the most freeing thing that you can do is admit you're not in control. It's counterintuitive. It goes against everything in your being. But admit you're not in control. You never were in control. Come to terms with that. You need to wrestle with that this week. And as you give up control, you connect. You connect to God. 
you give up control to God, to Jesus Christ. Friends, Jesus is inviting you to a better life, better day, without all the pressure and the stress and the worry and the anxiety. Anybody need that? That's why Jesus said, for my yoke is what? Easy. My burden is light. Some of you, that's what God wants to do for you today. Free you up. Let go of the stress and give control. Give control. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do, and I guarantee you, you do it, you'll go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My life's richer, better because of it. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you for this day. God, I pray that uh, I know some of us are wound for sound. The anxiety, the pressure, the worries, all that stuff. God, I pray right now your Holy Spirit would just whisper, give me control of that. Let go of it. God, in fact, I know for anyone that's saying, okay, God, I'll give it to you. They already feel the pressure coming off. God, help us to live the lives you've called us to live, you created us to live. And God, may we move right when you say right and left when you say left. God, may we run when you'd have us run and may we walk or sit still when you say sit still. God, may our lives be pleasing in your sight with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. God's people said, amen. Just remain seated. Uh, Allow God to minister to you. Happy Mother's Day and uh, uh, enjoy, enjoy.